turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. It's Election Day. How you doing today? It's the Dave Ellswick Show. If you haven't voted yet, you need to vote today and go this morning while it's just you got all this kind of mist in the air because later on it's all going to coalesce into one big raindrop and fall on us. <laughs> it's going to be about two inches deep across the area. I'm just telling you, it's going to rain hard later on today. They're saying right around noontime it starts moving into the area. So get out and take care of your uh, your civic duty today and uh, see what you uh, can do. Now, I, I got a phone call before uh, the show. I was called by a political campaign. They wanted to get on and talk. And uh, everybody knows that's listened to my show for low the 23 years I've been on here is that I don't have politicians on on Election Day. You've had your opportunity to talk to the people. All right. To, to tell them what you stand for and that you want their vote. Now it's time for them to do their part. And that's yeah. to go out and push the touch the screen. Now, you don't even ha- look, you don't even have to use a pencil anymore <laughs> to vote. You just touch the screen. It's about as easy as you can get. I know that in, in Cabot, you touch the screen and then it spits out. And always look at your receipt. I call that the receipt. You know, it's probably got some other name. But it comes out. Take a look at it. Make sure what's on that paper matches what you voted for. Because uh, like any touchscreen, if your finger happens to graze another one, mm-hmm. it could pop a different one on there. And you've got to get that changed. So then you go up and put it in another machine. It's uh, then it's it's tabulated and uh, we're ready to go. All right, you're ready to go. It's go home. To vote. And you get I voted sticker. I want to see plenty. Go on my my uh, Facebook today, Dave Ellswick uh, show on Facebook, and post your pictures of your voted I voted sticker mm-hmm. on there. I want to see hundreds of them today. Hundreds. On my, they said there was a record turnout of Republicans. I'm waiting. Uh, I'm supposed to get that from. Uh, uh, this morning before 8 o'clock from the Secretary of State's office. I talked to Thurston yesterday. He said, yeah, uh, as of like the beginning of the week, we were over 100,000 early votes. People voting like it's a presidential good. election instead yeah, of Yeah, instead of, yeah, voting more like 2018 <clears throat> instead of 2020. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Uh, not an off-year type of election. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see what, what happens today. I really am. Uh, don't forget... At 8 o'clock tonight, I'll be on with Alan Kerr. 
Uh, I think Ken Yang's going to be kind of floating around out there. He'll be joining me from different places he'll be at. Tell us what's going on. Robert Steinbach's supposed to stop by and talk about uh, – we're going to be talking a lot about local races today. Look, I I could care less who wins the the gubernatorial race in, in Georgia right now. I, I really don't care. I don't live in Georgia. Right. So they, they're going to pick a Republican. They want to go up against that communist Stacey Adams. Uh, Abrams or whatever her name is, and uh, let her, you know, listen to her try to sink sink her own campaign by saying, you know, uh, uh, what what does she say about uh, Georgia? She said it was the worst worst place place to to live live in. Worst place to live in. Why are you running for for governor as far as why are you living there? I mean, it's so terrible that a woman who used to who owned owed back taxes a few years ago now has has bought two houses. Right. You know, right. sure, it's a that's a terrible place to to live. It's all those novels she's written. Yeah, I guess that's just crazy. The erotic novels. You know, and then we got down uh, in Texas. She got the Bush running against uh, Paxton, the the AG. I want to see how that all goes I out. Like goes Paxton. down. I like Paxton. I think he's done a good job. Yeah. Watch him and. Enjoy, enjoy him and uh, like what he has to say. Yeah. So it's going to be fun to watch down there. I like I their lieutenant governor, too, down there. Yeah. Dan, what is it, Dan Patrick? Yeah. He's he's spunky, boy. When he was talking about uh, as long as the future of the children are all right, he would take one for the team when it came with COVID and everything. He's like, as long as, and I love that about him. Here's, here's what you can tell if a person's into politics or not down in Texas. When you talk about Dan Patrick... And they go, well, I don't agree with all of his sports views. <laughs> you know, Dan Patrick, the great sports right. talk show right. host. You know, you, you know that you got somebody who you may not want to have a conversation about politics. <laughs> with. I think the greatest thing about the Georgia. Push that, push that red button. Button. Right there. There you go. Now here. I think the greatest thing about the Georgia thing is that it's all still about Trump. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Trump act. The media can't get away from it. I mean, no. what is it that they talk about about Georgia? Well, Purdue is Trump's guy, and he's yeah. not even in, you know, the polls say he's going to get his, his butt wiped up yeah. today. And that Kemp's going to win. And, why, and when they mention Kemp, what, what's the sidebar story on that? Well, he's backed by Pence. Right. You know, right. I, you know what? I don't care. I don't care. They're starving I for just, Trump. Here's though. my thing. Whoever you put in there, just make sure you beat Abrams. Right. All right. That's right. all I care. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the point. That's Come the together point. and beat her butt. That's the key. All right. Because if she wins, here's what two years. Here's what you're going to have: Stacey Abrams for president. Oh yeah. That's what you're going to hear. Lord knows we don't need another socialist. You may hear Stacey Abrams for president anyway at some point in time. Yeah, well, she's, you know, didn't, crazy. Didn't she win for president not too long ago anyway? <laughs> she ran, she won governor, but uh, uh, yeah. they didn't make yeah, her governor. Sure. You know, they cheated, you know, because of, uh, they got all that uh, voting r- rules Suppression and. Well, yeah, you know about that, that. You know, Jim Crow 2.0 that the president said. Jim Eagle. And they got more, they've got more, more turnout amongst Democratic voters this year than they've ever had in the history of Georgia. They said among minorities, too. Yeah. yeah. And it's because of the Crow 2.0. Right. <laughs> That's what it Boy, was. Boy, that backfired, didn't it? Well, it always does. And I don't know how she can go to the 
uh, the people of Georgia and say, vote for me after she cost them millions of dollars in Atlanta by backing up uh, professional baseball, getting rid of the uh, All-Star game there. The Coca-Cola thing. She was the one behind that. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't it remind you of kind of taking the garbage out of the garbage can? (laughs) Because you've thrown it away once as let's put it back on the table. Yeah, let's try it again. Let's try it again. That. And then, look, we're going to get into this when we come back. i got a break coming up, but we're going to talk about this. The president yesterday, the big story, and I, I covered it right out, of the, right out of the batter's box yesterday, was what he said about Taiwan and how his administration yesterday was spending all day long walking those comments back consistently, walking about, just like they had to do when he was over there in Poland and talking about Putin and talking about uh, the Ukraine. He had to walk they had to walk everything back that he said over over there. Well, what wasn't reported and it's coming out today is what he had to say about high gas prices. Folks, that <laughs> I'm just I'm glad that he said it because we've all known it. Have been paying any attention to this for a long long time. The whole push to make America a a country of uh, electricity, I'd just say, put it that way, has been happening since Obama. Obama said yeah. that he was going to get rid of coal. Remember, it was coal with Obama. It wasn't, it wasn't oil. It wasn't it was fossil fuel, so to speak, fossil fuel as in coal. He was going to get rid of all those coal-burning uh, plants. And to do that, the price of electricity had to go up. Mm-hmm. There was going to be pain involved with doing that. Yesterday, Biden said the exact same thing about high gas prices. He said we are in a period of transition. Remember that word transitory earlier Mm -hmm. this year talking about inflation? Yes. Welcome to it's going to be here as long as the Democrats are in the White House for a long, long, long time. You want $6 a gallon gas? Keep on voting Democrat. If you're voting Democrat, you vote against your own best interests. And yeah. I think I think the eight percent is a low number. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're probably looking at fifteen percent inflation. Oh yeah, if, if you 20. if you figured it out like they did during Jimmy Carter's days, mm-hmm. it would be up there where Carter was. But you know they took a lot of energy and food out of those those computations. Well, you take energy and food out, yeah, of course you're going to drop mm-hmm. it. I mean, energy's up 43%. 43%. You know, if you want to buy a steak, it's up 21%. Yeah, we were just talking about the mm-hmm. meat prices. Yeah, is I ridiculous. used to I used to be able to get a four pack of steaks for twenty eight dollars, and they are now fifty eight, either forty nine to fifty eight dollars. Are you two thinking about having a, a newborn so that you can trade them in for steaks? <laughs> wow, it's may, maybe I'll just make them into steaks. <laughs> All right, six sixteen. Let's get our first break in. Let me talk about ICU protection. I love this guy. You know, I love Billy Mack. He's got a great deal going on as far as uh, his uh, you know security firm. Every, about I guess it's about every. Well, it depends on how much I'm out running around, uh, or my wife's out driving around going to the store or whatever. But every time the, the the car leaves the garage, I get a hit on my phone. And it's got a picture of my phone leaving leaving the house. Then when it comes back, I got the 
the picture coming back. But you walk out of my garage and you go get check the mail or you go get to take the garbage out or whatever. Uh, there's a camera now on my uh, my driveway, and you hear it go. It whistles at you, so you turn around and you look up, right? So it gets a picture of your face, you know. So because these cameras that they got, 1080p, they're clear, man. I mean, I can even make myself out on them, and that's not a good thing. I'm just saying, you know, that's why I'm in radio. I got a face for radio. Don't have. That's right, isn't it, Heidi? You can you can go yes, okay, no problem. Bottom line, I got a face for radio. I do have a face for television, and uh, you know. Just the way it is. But uh, the folks over at ICU Protection, put your system in. They got the digital panel that they have for you, which is uh, in my dining room, which has all the information on it. If you need to reconfigure things and stuff like that, it looks like a little laptop on your on your wall. And then it puts up pretty pictures when it's not in use. It just Screen it changes. Yeah, it changes pictures and stuff. Kind of nice stuff. But anyway, get the uh, door and window sensors, indoor and outdoor cameras. Uh, you can get a doorbell camera. Get cameras anywhere you want to have. It's got motion uh, detection as well. Then it's got the analytics. When the picture pops up, before it pops up, it says whether it's an animal, a person, or a car, you're going to see. Hmm. So it can tell. In fact... It doesn't say this, but it will detect a big gust of wind with uh, leaves in it. Or wow. or if a spider happens to swing by the camera, you know, because it's making its way across outside, uh, I'll, I get, I've got a lot of pictures of spiders as well. <laughs> but Billy Mack can get this all done for you. Remember, these are the guys that do Nuke One, the security out there. And I figure if they want to have these guys protect us and protect our nuclear reactor, they're pretty good, and they can do my house. And I can tell you right now, they're really good. Again, give them a call, 501-205-1333. 501-205-1333. Remember, you pay for the service. All that equipment they install, that belongs to you. You get to keep all of that. So pay for the service, not for the equipment. Okay, again, let me remind you, get out and vote today. I'm going to keep telling you, go out and vote today. I'm not a look. I don't believe what like what Ray Lincoln used to say when he'd be on my show. You who have been listening to me for a long time know who Ray Lincoln was. He was a great uh, talk show host and rock and roll jock here in in uh, Little Rock for years and years and years. And then um, after he retired, he came back and would do uh, a day a week with me here on the, the Dave Ellswick show for I guess it was about four years that we we did that together. We had a great time together doing that. Uh, but he used to say if if voting meant anything, they wouldn't let us do it. Okay, he used to say that all the time. And and he kind of believed that, to be honest with you. But uh, some of it was tongue-in-cheek. But uh, I think that he he really did have a feel uh, for that and and what the government uh, was doing and things of that nature. But Ray and I got along really well. I think everybody knows that. And... uh, uh, I was really sad when he passed on. But my point is, I think voting is very, very important. Yes. And you need to get out and uh, and do it. It is one of the great rights that you have. And the Republican Party has done immense great things for all of us by pro- now protecting the integrity uh, of the vote. They have right. worked hard on that. Mark Lowry and... 
and Mark Johnson and Kim Hammer and a lot of other guys, state senators and uh, as well as state uh, representatives, uh, have worked hard to pass necessary laws. Like now, when you go to vote, you must show a photo ID. You must show a photo ID to be able to vote. If you don't, you don't get to vote, and they don't give you a provisional uh, ballot to fill out. You don't get a ballot until you show a photo ID. And don't give me that crap that that's that's, that's voter suppression. (laughs) No, it's not. Look, if it rains really hard today and, and rains buckets, there's an ACLU lawyer out there that will go to the courts <laughs> to bring suit against God for, for voter, voter suppression. suppression. I'm just telling you, just just keep it in mind that uh, bottom line that uh, you have it, it's not all that difficult. It's pretty doggone easy to vote. Well, it's a right too. It's a privilege. Well, yeah, go and go and no, it's not privilege. It's a it's a right. Well, I mean, you we're privileged to have that in our country. Well, yeah, we do, and that, that we're protecting it. Now, yes, uh, at least in Arkansas. There's some states, uh, not so much, and that whole mail-in ballot crap. You know, that well, that's one thing. On that's one thing that we don't have to worry so much about this year. Yeah, uh, that we did two years ago. And I don't know, two years hence, when we vote for president, I don't know, maybe it'll be monkeypox uh, that's right. going to be running rampant, and we're going to have to mail in our ballots, because the last thing you want to look like is you've got big old monkeypox. Monkey, monkey has gone uh, airborne now, is what they're saying. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yes. Now we're wearing God masks. Help us. Is it, is it us. could be a respiratory issue. Yes, yes, yeah. of course. They're of recommending. Course. You do know how many cases there are in the United States right now? There are very two. few. Eight. Oh, is yeah. there eight? Total of eight. The last I had heard was two. Yeah, there are a total of, they're saying maybe, maybe 80 cases in the world. And they're all emanating from certain types of... Well, did you hear they figured out how it happened now? The, fe- the festival. They, yeah, the festival. <laughs> festival it was all that. It was all those people having illicit sex. Yes. You know, kind of like how AIDS kind of mm. yeah. came around. All right. I, I have a friend that drives in New York State, and he said that, you know, as they've been on lockdown since COVID, but they're starting to talk about the monkeypox, too. Oh, is, is, it's, is masks are coming back hardcore? I, you know, we were talking about this before we went on the air. Carlin talked about mm-hmm. viruses. And uh, he was talking about uh, how we were, were so worried about what we're going to do to the, to the planet. And he says, you know, Earth's been around for billions of years if you go with the old Earth theory. And he says, you know, you've got to think that the Earth's sitting back and looking at us. Been around for six, 8,000 years. And says, it's like a dog with fleas. Mm-hmm. It just shakes <laughs> and shakes them off. Yeah. That's what the earth does to us. The earth, the earth does more in one volcanic eruption to dump crap into the atmosphere than we have done for the six, 8,000 years we've been around. Well, it's going to outlast us. Yes. You know, definitely going to outlast I would, us. I would think it probably will. We're, we're doing a pretty good job of trying to destroy ourselves. At a, at a bare minimum, if, if this planet is just sentient, it will cure the disease. Well, I don't think that it is, but the bottom line is is that, you know, for us to think that what we're doing, putting a little extra CO2 into the air, is in some way going to destroy the Earth. 
You know, it, it goes back. Look, I was a big Doors fan, too. Okay? Yeah, me too. I was a huge Jimmy Morrison <clears throat> fan. I have never seen a rock and roll lead singer have that kind of a effect on a crowd in my lifetime until I saw NXS. And then the lead singer for NXS was that way. But uh, Morrison could come out on stage, and he had the people in his hand that, you know, listening to, oh, what have they done to the earth? What have they done to our fair, you know, sister? They've taken her and stabbed her and gouged her and bit her and wrapped her in fences and dragged her down. I mean, that's from his album, The Lizard King, okay? And he believed it. I mean, I, I, I love Jimmy, but Jimmy, come on. He did a lot of microdosing too. Yeah, yes, he did. Yes. Do, do, you, do you think that the planet? He did a lot of maxi dosing. Maxi dosing. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. There was he no did micro. a lot. He did a lot. Ask Pam. I'll tell you. <laughs> all right. As far as all that goes, go ahead. What are you it's ten to th- ten to twelve thousand years ago. Do you think that the climate change that the planet caused on its own is probably going to be worse than the one to two percent that we will cause? I would think so. And do you believe that that'll probably happen again? Ask the dinosaurs. Point? That's the dinosaurs, how bad that, plant, that, that climate change uh, was as far as that. All right, we got news coming up here at the bottom of the hour, so we'll wrap up right now. Get to that. I want to come back, and I want to talk specifically when we come back what Biden said yesterday. It's really important that you know what the president said yesterday about high gas prices. And we got Simone's uh, significant other with us, her husband. He is a truck driver. He works for a big trucking company that we all know here and love in the state of Arkansas. And we're going to talk to him about the wonderful price of diesel. <laughs> and we want to hear, I want to hear from a truck driver what he thinks about it. And, uh, you know, releasing a few million gallons from the Strategic Reserve, how, how that's going to help his pocketbook. So we'll talk to him about <laughs> that here in just a moment. But anyway, don't forget tonight we get our start going at 8 o'clock this evening. Uh, covering the election returns. Alan uh, Kerr will be here in the studio with me. All right, back. I promised uh, here in this half hour two things that we'll touch on. First, President Biden and what he had to say about uh, energy prices yesterday. And it's not what they've been publicizing that he was thinking. It was what he said that I thought was interesting. And then we're going to talk with Simone's husband, and we're going to, he's a truck driver. And we're going to talk to him about diesel prices and how that affects everything you buy at the store and stuff, because it does. It, uh, it's going to have a dr- uh, dramatic effect on that. So uh, President Biden said that the country is going through, and here it is, incredible transition, unquote, away from fossil fuels via the high gas prices being experienced nationwide. He made the statement on gas prices during a joint press conference with uh, Japan's new prime minister uh, yesterday. He says, quote, here's the situation. And when it comes to the gas prices, we're going through an incredible transition that is taking place that, God willing, when it's over, we'll be stronger and the world will be stronger and less reliant on fossil fuels when this is over, Biden said. Okay, so let's just stop there. All right. So what the president did is he pulled the curtain back a little bit Mm -hmm. and he let you see the Wizard of Oz who's pulling all the levers back there and, uh, you know, saying, uh, you know, what's going on in the land of Oz. And what's going on in the land of Oz is that this wasn't by 
uh, Putin invading the Ukraine. This didn't have to do with, uh, you know, this or that. It, this was by choice. Yeah. The president of the United States just told you that he, along with uh, elements of the Democrat Party, have uh, manipulated the energy in this country and gotten in and attacked it and attacked uh, go, uh, oil and gas. How have they? Well, let's see. They cut back the pipelines. We know about mm-hmm. that. Uh, they have been talking to banks. So we've talked to uh, Congressman Hill and Congressman Westerman about this. And I talked to the uh, to Senator Bozeman about this, that the president has worked with uh, banks not to offer loans to gas and oil companies to keep them from being able to expand and to be let them drill and do the necessary work they've got to do. They've cut back on on uh, government uh, you know uh, pieces of paper you got to have to be able to go out and drill on government land. And you can go on and on and on about this and this was a coordinated effort to take gas prices to where they are today. They have to make you hurt enough that you'll be willing to go out and shell $50,000 out for an electric car. Mm. That'll only take you 250 miles. And and might accidentally explode. Yeah, well, all I know. Yeah, this is all intentional. Yeah, bur- yeah. Burning, yeah. burning that, batteries have become a problem. Yeah, that that's the key. And, and Simone is right. That is the key. And that is... They, this is intentional. It's yes. 100% intentional. This is what the president said yesterday. Biden's comments come amid a stretch of record high gas prices, which we all are aware of. I mean, I two years ago, I could fill my uh, SUV up, and it cost me about $28. Yesterday, I filled up my SUV. It cost me $63. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what, if every time I fill up, it's going to cost me, let's just say, an extra $30, mm-hmm. that's $60 a week. That's $240 a month. That's going to be pretty close to $3,000 a year. <laughs> extra. Yeah. You know what that means? That means I go out to eat less. I go to the movies less. I can't do a lot of things because I got I to gotta get to work and get back. Well, you know, you got to do that stuff. They want you to be more dependent on the government. I mean, in the end, that's the plan is uh, you don't get to you don't have your individual goals and dreams and this and that and the other. There's suppre- talk about suppression. That's I, what I, I think the overall trickle down effect that no one is really getting is and you see it, uh, especially in my industry, is that. All right, as the the big trucking companies are going to keep rolling because a lot of them have incentive incentives is and get uh, extra deals with with the pilots or the the different the different gas places is to they get cheaper gas is the people that are independent drivers is they're not going to be able to keep going the way that they are nope. is and then you get rid of the small trucking companies is mom and pops gone is and we're kind of seeing the same thing with local businesses is walmart's is your big chains is are the things that are going to last your mom and pop businesses at this point in time and people being independent and being they're on the to, endangered species they're, they're on their way out yeah i agree I agree. Is, and that's that's the big effect that I see that is kind of sickening to me. Okay, so I want now I want you to connect some dots, okay? I know you're driving in. It's early in the morning. But listen to me just for a moment. I want you to connect some dots. Biden added during the press conference, 
that his administration has taken steps to prevent the price at the pump from going even higher, <laughs> such as the release of one million barrels of oil from the U.S.'s strategic petroleum reserve. We'll go through that in a day. Yeah. Yeah. In a day, all right? And and he says, quote, when, when what I've been able to do to keep it from getting even worse, and it's bad, the price of gas at the pump is something that I told you. You heard me say before, it would be a matter of great discussion at my kitchen table when I was a kid growing up. It's affecting a lot of families. Let me, you know, when he, when he says that, he's trying to say, see, look, I remember when mm-hmm. I, I was just like you. Bull crap. Right. This man does not care. If he did, he would be doing everything he possibly could for our oil and gas companies to get back to where we were under President Trump when we were energy independent, when the price of gas at the pump was about two thirty five a gallon. And he's not doing that. You know, he's not talking about firing up our industry here in the United States. He's talking about going over to Venezuela. Right, with the dirtiest oil. Yeah, getting oil from them from a despot. Yeah. All right, what's the difference from buying it from that despot than buying it from the despot that's over there in Russia? There There is none. Or, worst case scenario, we finally strike a deal with Iraq, and so Iraq gets to turn their spigots on, so now we're going to buy, you know, oil with blood in it. Right. All right, from them. I don't want that. I just tell you, this, this is what's going on with the Democrat Party. Quote, we have released over 200 and I think 57,000 or million barrels of oil, I should say. Uh, us and the rest of the world, we convinced to get involved. It's helped, but it's not enough. If it's not enough, go back to the way it was. You know what? If you know that it was working before and that what you did isn't working, duh. It's go back to where it was, all right? It's almost like it's out of spite. Everything Trump's done, he un- he undid. Yeah, well, he yeah. und- you know, and it's spite. No matter what it does to the country, he is undoing everything that Trump did. Yeah, they, they have no idea about energy independence, is no. which we were when he came into office. This is a Putin gas spike. B.S., yeah. people. B.S., all he had to you do know, was go on vacation. You know it's crap. I know yeah. it's crap. You know, my dad always told me, you know, if you were worried about what you're going to step in, that there was something you didn't want to step in. If it looked like poop, if it smelled like poop, <laughs> that it probably was poop. So don't step in it. Or poop-related. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay away from it, then. Well, it, <clears throat> I think the the big question is, too, is with most of these politicians, is when do you think, uh, you know, them trying to be the average everyday people as they try to put themselves off as, is when do you think the last time it was that they even lifted their head as their driver was pumping their gas for them, is to notice what the gas prices were? Or if it's just, hey, is there's an issue with the people, is so we need to take care of it, and that's when they start talking about See, it. Here's the problem when they you live no in idea. a bubble. And the president lives in a bubble. Oh, Whether yeah. he wants to or not, he's got to live in a bubble just for his own protection. So bottom line, he doesn't know about the price of food. He doesn't go out and go to the grocery store and, and, and shop for it. We can go back to when Bush Sr. was running for re-election and showed that when he was at a grocery store and was really like, wow, 
that's pretty cool the way you guys run the things over and it, re- <laughs> it reads the groceries, you know, and that had been around for years. He's got a chef that fixes all of his meals, right. all right? He doesn't drive himself. He rides everywhere he's going. He doesn't going. have to budget a, a weekly or monthly I mean, even the, even some people on the left admits this. I mean, Hillary Clinton, sometimes a broken clock strikes the, the right time twice a day. Yeah. So she she hit the right time when she said, well, I, I don't know about driving again. I haven't driven a car in years. <laughs> Think about that. Since the 90s, she's never had to drive anywhere she don't have a clue she's not been to a gas station she's not had to got out and and got the 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 handle and put it in her car and pump the gas she hasn't had to reach in and pull out her debit card and pay for the gas that that she's putting in the car they don't do that or decide between gas and what you're going to buy for groceries or what medicine you're going to take i'm just telling you they don't understand they're it's so sad. It gets to be almost like watching the French aristocracy back with Marie Antoinette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With you know, they got the big bouffant uh, hairdos and the and the crinoline dresses and all of that, and they got the poodles running around them and everything. That's what I think about when I think about uh, politicians. A lot of times, they don't understand. That's why I like our politicians here in Arkansas, Westerman, Hill, Bozeman, and Cotton for the most part, and uh, you know Crawford and all of them. They come back all the time. They come back to Arkansas. I mean, Hill comes back about every weekend. At least, at least he's here. Well, Washington so is just so disassociated from the average person. They cannot yeah, relate. Yeah, you go up and visit. You'll figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> D- D.C.'s been a beautiful place since I was a child. Yeah. It's a, well, it is a pretty place. I mean, I like going to D.C., but it's not to see politicians. No. no. It's to see the museums. The Smithsonian is in a lot of go. The buildings are, are great. But, you know uh, what I like? I like to go to the Jefferson Memorial because you got to walk a little ways to get to it. But you want to go during the springtime when the, the, the cherry blossoms are in bloom. It's beautiful going down the Potomac right. there. But I'm going to tell you what those men thought and what's going on in Washington tonight are light years apart. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, yes. I've always wondered what the founding fathers would have would think right now if we could bring them back from the dead, stand them there uh, right in front of the reflecting pool, looking back down, not towards the Capitol, but look straight out and look at the Lincoln Memorial and look to the left and look to the right and look at all the buildings that have built up all around Washington, D.C., from the multinational companies that are all around that area that are controlling everything that goes on in that city. Well, they would be crying treason to about a lot They'd of They'd be stuff. cleaning their guns. Yeah. Yes. They'd yeah. be cleaning their flip Liberty or give me death. <laughs> yeah. They'd be getting ready again. It'd be, it'd be, I could see Jefferson on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, you know, quoting again, sometimes it takes, you know, this, you know, the sprinkling of Patriot's blood right. on the Tree of Liberty. You know, I could just see him say, it right now really could all right we got to get a break in when we come back we're going to talk about diesel diesel yeah we're going to talk about diesel you know and uh, how high it's gone that's coming up here on the dave ellswick show don't forget about east end towing what they're doing for you now i mean first of all they want to remind you i mean we're now getting into summertime you're getting in you're going to be out on the road you're going to be doing what you do uh to you know try to travel around i don't know 
how a lot of us are going to do it with the price of gas. I mean, um, $65, maybe more, to fill up your tank, and you want to go down to Florida? It makes it expensive. I mean, it just does. It makes it expensive if you drive. Just keep that in mind. But they want you, if there's a broken-down car, you see those flashing lights, the yellow lights, move over into the far lane. Let the people who are working out there have extra room so they don't have to get worried about, you know, taking some dirt off the side of your car or something or worse yet get run over and uh, or you don't run into their rear end so you know save yourself save them yeah give them space and then also keep in mind that no matter the situation the east end toy knows how to handle it give them a call 501-888-8849 that's uh, 501-888-8849 all right let's talk about diesel Got a truck driver sitting right here in the studio with me today. So with the price of diesel now being what five something, five fifty seven or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think Arkansas is one of the cheapest at roughly probably five twelve a gallon, but okay. most states are roughly up in the almost six dollars a gallon. Okay, now you work for one of the big uh, the big companies. I mean, yes, you read, you work for Hunt. All right, and let me just say this right out front: what you hear him say is his opinion. Yeah. Not necessarily the people that he works for. Yes, sir. All right. Does not have anything to do with those. Disclaimer. Just the way this, I do the same thing with Robert Steinbach to remind you that he's a law professor at Bowen Law, but his opinions are his and his alone. Well, his opinions are his and his alone. I want to clarify that. So if they give you any crap, just tell me. I'll send that part of it to them so Is they can it, hear I, it. I, I'm a... I, I'm an American, as I'm used to getting crap from big business. Okay, so anyway, let's 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 talk. Uh, how much how much does it take to fill your truck up? When it comes down to it, is it depends on what truck you're driving, is and what size tanks they have. Is you know some of them may have fifty and fifty, as some may have you know it depends on what kind of tank you have is but my truck is i got tanks on both sides so i'm roughly looking at a thousand dollars anywhere from six to a thousand dollars okay so you got what 100 gallons of fuel that you're you're pumping in yes sir okay so about 100 gallons of fuel how far will it take you roughly 900 miles okay 900 some change all right so for you to get to where you're going typically, because I know you drive down to Texas a lot, mm-hmm. then you got to drive back from Texas. Mm-hmm. Is it like two full tanks of gas or diesel? Rough, roughly about two and a half. So I fill up. I fill up probably. You know, as I never run my tanks down, so I really couldn't give you a hundred percent. But I fill up before I leave. Uh, I fill up one more time on my way back down to Texas, and then I fill up one more time back to Little Rock. Okay, so, so okay, let's say it's going to take you two full tanks and another rough, half. Roughly about two tanks. So we're looking at about, what, $2,500 then, just yeah. in diesel? Twenty five. Okay, now, that's now, okay? That's now. If we were looking two years ago, what would you say it took you to to, to fill up two and a half times? The the big disconnect that I have is that I do work for a large company. Right. So when it comes down to it, I have a card. Well, yeah, you're so, not paying for it. So, I understand that. So so as but far you never, as you didn't pay attention. As far as me paying a large amount of uh, of attention on uh, uh, 
where we would be at as far as fuel prices go is I don't have to do that as much as your mom and pop is as far as your independent drivers go. Um, but you figure you figure as if two years ago uh, our regular fuel prices just for our vehicles were two dollars less a dollar seventy eight a gallon instead of four dollars a gallon that we're at now um, so two fifty a gallon difference yeah more and so yeah more. we're we're looking at probably at least a thousand dollar difference yeah. six hundred dollar difference think about that now you wonder what does that mean? Does your entire cost for everything, 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 you know, for them to do business, it costs them X amount more money. Mm-hmm. This is Econ 101. All right. And because that costs more money, they got to charge their the companies that want to move their product from point A to point B, wherever that might be, <clears throat> more money to move their product from point A to point B. Uh, and and it all trickles through the whole economy. This all, and that's why supply and demand kills you at uh, at the grocery store now. Kills you at the gas pump now. Kills you at a lot of places now. It, it kills you at anything that you may buy because everything that you buy is brought to you by a truck driver, unless it's on a train. And even and, and, even and, and, when it's on a train, is it's on a container that a truck driver picks up at the rail yard? Because I used to do that. I did that for years. And that's right. You guys go get them and move them around. Yeah. That's uh, right. The, the train can't stop at every business I, unless it's, they yeah. never get anywhere if they did that. I, I, unless it's a small American company that is delivering stuff through a box, like a, a small box truck. If it's coming into this country from overseas, or even most cases if it's here, is yes, is a truck driver's delivering it, regardless of where it comes from. Okay, so we got a minute and a half, and I wanted to touch on this. I'm going to bring you back, and we're going to talk more in depth about this. And I'm, I'll ask you to call your company and just tell them you're doing this. All right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and la- last but not least, okay. Last but not least, the wildcat guy that's out there. The guy's working on his own. All right. How bad is this killing him? They they won't last, especially not with your big 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 companies. Is like I said, is your big companies get fuel discounts? Is your smaller companies? Is these mom and pops? Is they don't get discounts? Is Maybe so, they're not a, a company. Maybe it's just a guy that goes out and wants to be a truck. Yeah, yeah. They, He's a concrete cowboy, so to speak. They cannot be con- competitive. Is it's just not possible for them? Is right. they're being killed? And before Biden came in, everything was looking on the up. Like the, the mom, was, you were going to be killing it. Yeah, the mom yeah. and pops were killing it. Is under Trump. Is at this point in time. It's yeah, they're they're not going to be able to be competitive. We're out of time. We'll come back to this in the future on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget, get out and vote. Bible guys are next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Thanks for coming in, y'all. We will see you next Tuesday here on the Dave Ellswick Show.
All right, they're all here today. All three of the Bible guys have made it in. Uh, Billy is here. Uh, Scott is here. Good to have you back. Thank you. Thank you uh, for coming in today. And then uh, Steve is here as well. Good to see you, too. It's always nice to have two fellow bald-headed people in the studio (laughs) with me. I like that. All right, let me remind you. I'm reminding everybody uh, every time we go to break, get out and vote today. It's important that you get out and vote today. With that in mind, let me just open up the the, the show today. I'm going to ask uh, Scott to talk about this. Um, and there are people within the church saying that God has a plan, and uh, that plan's going to happen whether we vote or we don't vote. Do you believe that? Well, do I believe that God is um, is sovereign and His will will always be done? I do uh, believe that. However, uh, I also believe that. Uh, we are meant to engage our our society. Mm-hmm. And we're meant to work to and, and and when you're doing that, you're being led by the Spirit. You know, when Jesus, um, when he mentioned, he said he said um, that um, that he's come to uh, when he was speaking with Peter. He said, and upon this, I'll establish my my church. Um, and he used the word uh, he used the word uh, ecclesia. Um, and if we accept that as being the Greek rendition there, as opposed to using the word uh, uh, synagogue, and in uh, the word ecclesia is obviously Greek, and in Greece they used to they used to meet up and they would um, uh, the, the, an ecclesia was something that was meant to affect a community. I think he really was meaning that we're meant to not just have a place to gather, but a place a place that we would gather that would have an effect on our on our community. So we're meant to have that uh we're meant to have that effect. I think fatalism, you know, like wh- whatever will be will be. Uh, I don't think that Christians were ever meant to have that type of uh, attitude. Nihilism. Yeah, we're just meant to engage and you know the Bible says that we're supposed to occupy until he until mm-hmm. he comes. And mm-hmm. so we're meant to occupy this place and do what we can to uh, see that the values of God are, are moved forward. If if that is people's attitude, then guess what? You never fight a war, right? There would right. never be. There would never be a. Re- we would never have had America because the American Revolution never would have taken place because it would have been. You know, they'd been like, well, you know, uh, whatever will be, will be. Just let the British do what they want to do, and we would still we'd be a British, you know, Commonwealth today. So I, I don't. I don't buy into that idea. Okay. I just want to. I would use the last election as that example, right? Because we had major rallies, prayer rallies, fasting rallies, and there was a big effort. Um, depending on how you view what happened in the last election with the amount of people that showed up let's just say hypothetically that what people think happened happened that the election was stolen well, it was god's will well, what god allowed the people no it prayed. wasn't god's will wasn't no, it no absolutely it was whoever is in the white house whether by vote or by theft is there by god's will well okay whether we go out and vote and vote and vote and we did everything that we were required to do then it's the bible clearly says whoever he's the one that raises up kings so we do our part now i'm not saying that god orchestrated the theft that's not what i mean by that but okay i wanted you to clarify yeah yeah that's that's not what i meant by that what i mean by that is the man you saw my face right (laughs) okay yeah Yeah, that's not if that's what happened god did not orchestrate it okay uh but we get what we get and we though we try and we do our part However it happened, the will of God is going to be done. And if it's simply by stirring the hearts of people to not go, 
then it's not going to happen. You know, that's the balance that those of us that live in a constitutional republic, right, where we get to vote and choose. And it could be that God's will is because of where the people's heart's at. Yeah. Let's go back to at the very beginning when uh, the people got their king, mm-hmm. all right? Yeah. They they yelled mm-hmm. to the to the prophet that they wanted a king. Yeah, yeah. they said we want a man to stand over us mm-hmm. like this. And uh, was it Samuel that was the prophet at the time? Yes. Okay, he he stood over over them, and I, I gotta think that it, he was standing up there and just kind of shaking his head. You don't want this. You don't yeah. want this. Mm-hmm. You know. But God gave them what they asked for, yeah. mm-hmm. and it didn't turn out so good. Yeah. And the scripture tells us that you know that God gives us uh, kings or rulers after our own heart. Yeah. So the ruler is a reflection many times of the condition of the people in the country. So um, if we take that as being true, you can look at what's happening in the White House. You can see the direction of the hearts of people, uh, in the majority of the people anyway. Mm-hmm. That's scary. That is scary. You know, I'm seriously that's scary yeah, to well, me. I started to make a joke and, and say that that must mean the country, by and large, has dementia. But the the truth of the matter is um, that that we have kind of forgotten our roots, right? I mean, it, it's it's it really is um, almost that way. We have forgotten that this is a country that was founded on Christian values. We have forgotten that we believe in the sanctity of life. We have forgotten that that we uh, uphold the the individual life. Um, we have forgotten these things. We have forgotten where we came from. We have forgotten the price we paid, and we, we treat life and liberty very cheaply now. So, you know, in, in reality, we're kind of in that position. We, we have kind of gotten what we deserved. So You also got to remember, you got to go back and look at the example of what happened is, with um, uh, Israel. When God was determined that it, he had enough of Israel, there's a prophecy that he um, – speaks to the prophet Mm -hmm. about Egypt because Israel was falling apart and they knew judgment was coming. The prophets were telling them the uh, judgment was coming and they went to Egypt for help. And because of that, God says, not not only when I'm done with you, I'm going to Egypt next, right? Because you sought help from them instead of me and because they came to help you when it was my will to bring you down. So you can vote and store up arms and food and do whatever it is you think but when god has had enough god has had enough i don't care if you act like a democrat and vote three times right when god has had enough he has had enough i almost said that when i went into the booth yesterday did you <laughs> oh, you voted yesterday yeah I good for you. you have you voted scott not yet okay. not yet today's, today's the last today. day now all right today's, 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 today's now if you're a democrat you can wait till tomorrow right. yeah. but no, i'm just kidding all right I, uh, I did my best to trigger all of my um more liberal friends during the last election cycle in that when I walked them. out I love it well when I walked out of the um, when I walked out of the polling place everybody who'd gotten one of the stickers that didn't want them had pulled them off and just stuck them on the door there so I gathered up four to five of the I voted put stickers them and put them all on and then took a picture and said <laughs> I have voted and voted and voted and voted so I had some friends who were not pleased to see oh, that so, so well funny. I almost because I I I had this rare moment where I left my house without my wallet. So when I got there, I realized I didn't have my wallet. And I was about, no I started, ID. Right. I started to walk in and go, can we just pretend I'm a Democrat? And just yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. We passed the law to stop yeah, that. Yeah, I know. But it was Can't weird. do that anymore. Yeah, I go away for anymore. a couple of weeks and you guys turn <laughs> They get wild, don't they? They I got wild. Y'all, y'all going to have to take me away from here because I'm starting to get pretty amped up about a lot of stuff that's <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be fit to be tied soon. Wait, so let me ask this also of you, Scott. You're a pastor. All of you are pastors. Uh, but, Scott, you're the head of Agape Church. You're the senior pastor there. 
So let me ask if you're seeing any change amongst the brethren. And when I'm talking that, he talks to other pastors all the time. Are you seeing that they're getting more fired up in their pulpits because, look, the, the, whole, the whole thing about abortion has come to a boil now mm-hmm. uh, in, our, in our country. We're listening to the people who used to say they wanted it to be uh, rare but safe, to right. be in rare but accessible. Uh, they're, they're hearing from the other side where they're saying, that, well, maybe abortion shouldn't just end after you're born, but maybe can be carried out all the way to the first year of, the, you know, of life uh, to, to snuff out a life. Are, are, you, are you hearing from other pastors that are saying it's time that we've got to start speaking from the pulpit about this? No. I'm actually not. See, that really bothers yeah. me. And it may be that I'm just not, you know, out and among people uh, to to hear that. But I'm not, I'm honestly I'm just not hearing much of of anything. Mm-hmm. And, and what a contradiction in terms. You're going to abort after you're not. That's murder. I mean, it was mm-hmm. murder. Period. Mm-hmm. But it's you can't abort something after it's alive. Right? I mean, after it's yeah. born. Uh, it's uh, but you know it is. Um, Maybe I just don't get around enough, but I'm just not. I'm not hearing anything. Um, maybe I'm. Do you nope. guys hear, no, that's I'm, that's part of the stuff, and that's part of the reason why I got amped up last week, and so I'm trying not to get all. Don't worry, I'll you get know, you amped up. Get all lathered up today as well. I'll keep track. I'll keep triggering. Well, it, it's just that um, <laughs> because the voice of the pulpit is what ignited this nation, and it's the only mm-hmm. thing that's going to save this nation. Whatever happens today is not going to save this nation. Whatever happens in November is not going to save this nation. I mean, I'll just tell you straight up. I, I'm in an honorary mood, and I looked up everybody, <laughs> and I voted completely. Anybody who was an incumbent yesterday, I voted against them. I don't care if they were the greatest senator or whoever. I am so tired of ads where people just come out and go, we're fighting for America. Did you fight for the last $30 billion you put us in debt or trillion dollars? I'm just tired of all of the pul- the pulpits that are Here on fire, goes. all the senators who ain't doing what they're said Here they're doing and holding up their oaths. I've had it. And until the pulpits get ignited and still we start calling sin, sin and immorality, immorality, nothing will change in this nation. Yep. And they're not. The churches are not because they don't want to offend. They don't want to lose their buildings. They don't want to lose their jobs. They don't want to lose their 501c3. It is the only source of change in this nation. Okay, do you agree with this particular term? I'm going to use it. Now, I've heard it, the first word changed in this term, uh, but even if it's changed, it means the same thing. The religious industrial complex. Yep, 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 yep. yep. You buy buy into that, Scott? I I haven't heard that before. Okay, where they, they believe that it's become... Not God calling people, but people to saying, "I want to, I want this to be my career," instead of, "Oh, where it's just a profession. It's not a yeah, it's not yeah." A calling. The Christian industrial complex. Oh yeah, that was very, very, a very common thing in um, in Europe when I lived there. You had a lot of just people who chose. Yeah, because you as lived a, in the future. At one I did. Time. I live in the future, and it was very much like you would just choose a career. Well, I want to help people. You know, I have compassion for people. I think I'll become a minister. I mean, it was just kind of like a, you know, just almost like an academic choice. Like, like, and uh, and is that happening in in uh, in America today? Again, I guess I'm not well yes. circulated enough to know. The answer to that is yes. Okay. So, I've actually had some conversations with pastors over the last 
say, five years, um, where I sat down and had conversations with them going, hey, you know, I've, I've never heard you preach or teach on this, and Scripture clearly says X, Y, Z. Um, what is your opinion on that? And behind closed doors, they'll tell me, yeah, I absolutely believe in that. Well, why have you never taught on it? He goes, well, I, I can't. And run off half the congregation, and, you know, the, the, we, the buildings are paid for by the congregation being here. And it's like, you know, I, and I have made – a bit tongue-in-cheek, I suppose. I've made the statement that I will never be a professional pastor, quote-unquote, because I, I just can't bring myself to put myself in a position of authority where I would have to check what I say from the pulpit. Because I, Steve can tell you, I generally say what I want to say from the pulpit when I'm behind it. Um, and, and to have to stand there and think, as I'm getting ready to make a statement, am I going to offend somebody who might be a big contributor? I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. So... Um, but yes, absolutely. Uh, people that I hold in very high esteem um, who have just flat out told me, no, we just we can't do that, um, and, and it's it's heartbreaking. Um, I, I suspect those individuals are going to answer to God for that specific statement. Uh-huh. You would not preach truth when you knew it was truth because you were afraid you would offend somebody. Yeah. All right. Hold on, we're going to come back to this. All right, got to get a break in. Uh, we've got 19 minutes after 7. Bible guys are here. If you got a question, 501 uh, you know, 0935-0935. There we go. Got to get it out. I, I lost it there for a moment. I had a Bidenism. I'm sorry. I'll be, be back with more here in just a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back, talking a little bit about the state of the church right now. And, you know, I'm trying to think, what's the, what's the big organization that's out there that, that does uh, – it's not Pew, it's somebody else that does uh, all kinds uh, of – Barna. Yeah, Barna does all kind of polling and mm-hmm. things of that nature. And they're saying that uh, the youth of this country are turning more and more away from the church. And I kind of understand it if the church isn't dealing with the, uh, the important issues. I am a, a firm believer that you can tell them that what they believe is wrong, but you can't stand up there and be silent. Mm. If you're silent, then why would they come in the first place? Mm-hmm. One of the things I've been told by a friend of mine who was first in a youth pastor for a while and then now he's an assistant pastor was dealing so much with the young people. He said they value – we don't think about this, but they value honesty. Mm-hmm. And if they think you're a fraud, they have no interest in you. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think what they see from the church and what they see from these, you know, motorcycle riding into the building kind of preachers who are wearing skinny jeans and just trying to be hip and cool is they don't see authenticity. They see people who are plain and who are not real. And, and now, that doesn't mean you got to wear a three-piece suit. That's no, it doesn't. Saying, no, though. it doesn't. That's not what we're saying. But what I'm saying is you got to be real. And I – look, I, I have a gift – I offend people. I don't mean to do it on purpose. I don't think right? that's one of the spiritual gifts. Let's listen to the Bible. But one, of the, one of the things you will, that nobody will ever be able to level at me is that I lied to them and I didn't shoot them straight. Right? It might be offensive, and sometimes you know I don't do the best at delivering it in a non-offensive way, but sometimes people need to poke an eye. They don't need to pack in a bat. Okay. And, we need, and people in the young generation need people that are going to be honest and straightforward with them and not just trying to win them over with, you know, light shows and, and coffee bars and whatever else. They need people that are going to be honest and, and with integrity before. And it's a, a bit different now. I know for, um, you know, myself, um, I've had, you know, in the past, I think that people could 
um, make comments and say things, and people more or less just kind of um, took it and went on. But now, you know, if I make a statement from the pulpit, let's just say I make, say I make a historical statement or something. I was, I was at a church up in Iowa, and I made mention, um, happened to mention that that, um, that Hebrew was supposed to be, well, many people in Congress wanted Hebrew to be our national language. Yeah, we talked about that yeah. on the show. So, well, I make mention of this, and then one of the young guys comes up to me afterwards, and and he tells me something. When he tells me this, I realize, oh, this is what's happening nowadays. So I make that statement. He said, I heard you say that. I never heard that. I didn't know if it was true or not, so I pulled up my phone, and I fact-checked you. Yep. Yep. So now when, when ministers are making statements, a lot of these younger people are just are fact-checking you, and you're like, He's not telling me the truth, or that's not actually yep. what. You know what I asked those people? What? what? Yeah, have you checked the fact checker? Oh, that, that's true too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. right. right. I, I've, and, I've know, seen it from the pulpit. I've seen people. I'll make a statement, and and maybe I've misspoken or something, and I'll see two or three people pull out their phones and be like, "Wonder what I just said. Wonder <laughs> what I just said." Yeah. So, yeah. But you know, when this guy did this to me, he was like, "I, I pulled up my phone out, and he said there it was, right there." And I was like, yeah. "I'm glad that I I said it correctly, <laughs> right?" Because you know, it it, it is. Uh, we're living in a, in a day where people they are wanting. Yeah, we're living in a very kind of fact, kind of oriented society now. And if you're going to be saying stuff, and the younger generation is going to be looking for it, but I think they want. Do you want true straight. facts, though? That's yeah. the question. Yeah, and, and that's that's true. If you want, and that's a or do you want the doctor debate? Honestly. Okay, so let me ask one last question about in this. Just they did not know that I was going here this morning. No. Okay, uh, and I didn't even know I was going here. Mm-hmm. It just happened to we ended up where we're at the beauty of what we big, do right. big story yesterday uh was within the southern baptist convention the fight that's going on right now is a fight that went on in the catholic church not mm-hmm. too long ago and that was uh you know sexual harassment and sexual abuse that has been going on in the church uh you know i i always find it interesting that people bring that up and say i can't believe these are men mm-hmm. these are women these are human beings, and I, I'm not I'm not saying this to try to make it any worse than what it is, but this is what happens if you put your trust mm-hmm. in people whose feet are made of clay. In other words, putting them your trust in somebody who's human. Mm. Your trust is supposed to be only completely in God. That's right. Love your God with all your heart, with all mm-hmm. your mind, with all your strength, mm-hmm. and then treat your neighbor as you do yourself. Yeah. Those are two major tenets that we got to remember. And that's what worried me about Trump. A lot of people said Trump, 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 Trump. And I love Trump, all yeah. right? I, I, still have, yeah. I still have him in my studio, yeah. all right? But he is not yep. our Savior. Right. No, he's not. He's not my Savior. And that's why I think he lost, yep. because yep. the church puts too much trust in him. Yep. You know, I didn't, he's not my Savior. Mm-hmm. I, I have heard... St- Steve say that his opinion about why Trump lost is because people had gotten into the mindset of a Messiah Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Trump is not the Messiah. No. And as a result, God needed to squash that. Mm-hmm. So I believe that to be true. Yep. yep. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can't say that I 100% agree with that, but I do agree with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that you, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, truth to that statement. Mm-hmm. We're down to a minute to go. When we come <coughs> back, I, I came across an article, so I want to go. Th- I want to go over it. We got a question about demon possession that we want to bring in. And b- believe it or not, that is probably one of the big areas that 
Christians ask about mm-hmm. demon possession. And so we'll, we'll talk about that as well. So if you're interested in it, stick around for that. If you have a question, uh, it's 501-823-0965. That's our number. Again, 501-823-0965. And uh, you can call in and you can uh, talk to the Bible guys. They'll be happy to answer any question you might have about uh, religion about uh, God, about Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, any of those things, uh, just know that everybody sitting in this room believes that Jesus is alive. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was killed. He rose from the dead. Uh, We believe God still acts in supernatural ways. So we'll get back into it in the next half hour. All right, back. Not really. Back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And I just lost my headphones totally. Me too. Hello. Everybody did over in the studio. All of our headphones are gone. You can hear me, Heidi? We're going out over the air? Okay. So if they, people call in, I might have to have you sign at me <laughs> so I know what they're asking. <laughs> All right. All right. Five sins most Christians sweep under the rug. This is an article I came across, which I find very interesting. I'm, let me name the five things that this writer has in order. Number one, pride. Number two, gossip. Number three, lying. Number four, profanity. And Mm. number five, idolatry. Hmm. The five things. Idolatry, by the way, a fifth sin most Christians sweep under the rug is idol worship. In the Old Testament, idolatry focused on carved idols that the people would worship. However, in our modern-day society, idols are much different and often more subtle. While we don't have carved images or statues of idols, for the most part, we tend to idolize celebrities, people in our lives, or our profession. Anything that we place above God becomes an idol in our lives. So that's the number five one. You want to? Guys, want to? I would use jump would, on some of that. What you said, I would use the term idolize versus idolatry. Okay, right, because idolatry is just blatant worship, and it's not that they worship the people like deities, um, but um, but they definitely idolize too far, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. you can definitely make a a subtle, subtle spiritual application that there is a form of idol worship that is happening and. I think that's a valid point. I'm not saying they're wrong. I just wouldn't call it idolatry. They just idolize where they shouldn't be. Remember what the Apostle John used to say, 1 John 5, 21, or he still says it in his letters, uh, dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, I, I would agree with, uh, um, with Pastor Steve. I think you probably could push it into the term idolatry just in the sense that, um, you know, God – if you look at it from a spiritual perspective, because like uh, when, when the Lord would actually accuse Israel if they trusted in like Egypt, we were talking right, about, he actually right. says, you've committed adultery mm. or whoredom with that nation. So from God's perspective, you know, they didn't physically do this, but, but because of their trust was in that uh, other nation, he said, from my perspective, you are an, an adulterer. You've, you've committed spiritual uh, adultery uh, against me. So I do think, and I'm surprised that actually wasn't on the on the list, because if as a Christian, you know, mm-hmm. even lusting after things is, yeah. is an adulterous yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised that wasn't on the list. Um, yeah, there are, there are lots of things I would have added to the list before idolatry, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
I, I was surprised when you read that one off there. I was surprised to, to hear that. So, and I, I'd be interested, interested also to know what they're when they say um, pride, because cause pride can be one of the really subtle things. It's mm-hmm. like if you, uh, you know, if you, I mean, it could be as simple as, well, I want to, I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to go to a church today, and I want to look, I want to dress nice. Right. Why, why do you want to dress nice? Is it because you want people to say, "Hey, hmm. nice new suit"? Is that prideful? I mean, I, I or I got to wear my skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, no, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I yeah. understand what Steve, Dave, if you ever wear skinny yeah. jeans, I'm not wearing oh. them. I, they yeah. don't look good on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, like, well, why, why do you want a new this or why do you want a new that? I mean, is it is it a, is it a, is it a pride issue? Back okay, on? we we got our headphones back. Sweet. That oh, was really weird because it popped. Yeah. Oh, you know what it was? Okay, great. Uh, fourth sin. All right, just give you the fourth. I'm I'm going backwards. All right. Fourth sin. Most Christians sweep under the rug is the sin of profanity. In modern culture, it's seen as cool. Yep. To use profanity, even Christian circles are sprinkled with watered-down ideas of profanity's danger, such as, you know, I really do love Jesus, but I cuss a little. Right. Me here. I'm going to say I'm guilty of this. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty of this because mm-hmm. I'll say something that I know I shouldn't say, and I'll say, uh, you know, pardon. Your French. Th- yeah. My French. Yeah. Right. But, you know, boom. Well, you guys have heard me say it before. Mm-hmm. Pardon my French. Yeah. Then they go back and they pray for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I did something. I know why I do what I do as far as that goes, just because of my my past of growing up in the locker room. Mm. I mean, I do I do know that that's where it comes from, and it my mouth is something that I I got to pray about. Sure. Sure. It, it is something I pray I, about. I got to tell you a, a funny story. I, I have a problem, and that is a big deal, right? To, because there's a lot of people that I know that just that, that believers that just cuss very frequently, and and I don't understand it. Um, you know, but it, but I will say this: when I was, I, I hang around retired military guys all day long, right? So it's like breathing to <laughs> most of them. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but it, there was a we had a guy that was trouble. And the guy that I worked with, um, they called him um, Ned Flanders right, from The Symptoms because <laughs> he was the nicest guy you will ever meet yes. in the world. He loved the Lord. He was very genuine. And this guy just the, – the guy needed his butt chewed. And so this guy comes in, and Ned Flanders is just giving it to him all that he could, right? Gee, golly, you know, that just makes me so mad, dagnabbit, you know, and – and after it was Let done, me tell you, Ned Flanders. I know you're talking about, but there's an individual out there that is a an elected official in the state of Arkansas. One of our constitutional officers is uh, John Thurston. He's a lot like that. You ever met John? John's exactly oh, yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. He's such a nice guy. But go ahead. I'm but sorry. I told afterwards, um, I said, "Hey, if that ever needs to happen again." Please let me handle it. Yeah. <laughs> I said, um, he uh, he didn't hear anything Don't that you had. To, it. Right? He didn't hear yeah. anything that you had to say. Yes, you know. You know, there's a um, a story, a revival story, uh, during the Welsh revival in the UK, and um, this Welsh revival when it when it hit, um, the, the the pubs all closed. I mean, it was a massive nationwide revival. And one of the big industries in Wales at the time was mining. And uh, and so all these men are getting born again, and the, one of the stories that's told is when they went back in the mines, um, they you know they used to load up mules with uh, the coal, and they would you know walk them out. The mules n- stopped obeying the coal miners. 
right, and they right. couldn't get them to obey. <laughs> and the reason why is because the the mules could not understand the miners without the without the vulgarity. Yeah. And so they're trying to get them to do stuff without screaming and swearing at them. And the donkeys just stood there like, I don't get it. Yeah, what, what, are, what are you, you doing? Saying? You have changed languages. I no longer understand. Now, number three, I, I really like because we have allowed this to be part of our culture line. Oh, yeah. 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 A third sin yeah. that is swept under the rug by Christians is a sin of lying. It's common even amongst believers to tell lies, what we call white lies, whether something is a white lie, a fib, or a big lie, all are lies and all are sins. God warns us against lying throughout the Bible, and Proverbs six sixteen through nineteen, Proverbs twelve twenty two. There are no little lies. Lying is an absolute abomination to the Lord. The Bible calls Satan what? The father of lies. So you know we kind of downplay it, but it's serious stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at Billy. No, that's true. Unless, yeah, unless yeah. your wife asks, does this make me look fat? Right. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> you get a, you get a free one, pass. That one's authorized. You, get a free yeah, pass you just got to figure. Okay, now, <laughs> one, and, one and two on this article can be switched, okay? I know that uh, Billy said when he heard the, the list, he thought that this should be number one instead of number two. Gossip is number yeah. two. A second sin that Christians tend to sweep under the rug is gossiping. Gossip is extremely prevalent in our modern society. Mm-hmm. So, how do you deal with that, Pastor? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's you know, there's busybodies everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. This is an age old, uh, an age old problem, and and now we can we can spiritualize our gossip now. Saying, listen, I just, I just need to talk to you about yeah. something. I'm going to need you to pray about something with me. Now, let me gossip. Yeah, yeah. and so it becomes it, it's you know, the Bible talks about the tongue being a fire. And that this fire can kindle, uh, this little fire can content, kindle a massive, uh, a massive blaze. Um, obviously, they're writing about it in the Bible because this has been a problem long before today. Mm-hmm. And um, and so the only way that you can deal with it appropriately is people have to be taught how to control their tongue, how okay. to control uh, what they're saying. Also, the Bible says, "Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks." So you got to work on some heart issues. That will help you then control some tongue issues. Uh, you can't just tell people stop gossiping. You have to actually help them walk um, walk through this, and it does require a bit of uh, one of the fruits of the spirit, self control. You have to be able to control yourself. So it is it's a it's a big deal. Yep. Uh, and so a big deal requires a you know a big find answer. Find out why you're talking about it. You know, it's one of the things that we always had to balance whenever I had church issues is, hey, are we legitimately talking about this because we have genuine concern and we're trying to resolve the issue, or are we just talking about it? Yeah, because that, right. that's, a, that's a good point. I mean, I've had people come up to me, and I won't even say that I haven't done this, and go say, you know, I'm really concerned about so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Did you hear? Right. Then the story comes out. Now, are you are you really concerned about that person, or are you just – liking that you get to talk about a juicy morsel about yeah. that person mm-hmm. it is the you know i mean obviously we're not trying to diminish murder or uh, no. abortion or anything else right now but it is the sin that is just in the airs today it's in the air everywhere today it's what's driving the destruction from left to right right to left it is tearing down and it's real true gossip because it is character assassination is yeah. what's happening today and there's a difference between Talking about an issue, trying to resolve an issue versus true gossip is tearing somebody down for the sake of seeing them fall, right? 
and it's it's big. It's bad today. It really is bad. All right, Billy. Well, and within last, within last Judaism, um, it falls into lashon hara, right? So it falls into that same category of you, define that for you are you are a, a, an evil tongue, uh, and uh, it, it it carries nearly the same penalty. It carries the same idea as having murdered someone, because when you murder someone's character. Um, when you run your mouth about them, you are murdering their character, uh, and it is a it is a far bigger deal biblically than we give it credit for in this day and age, for sure, for sure. Yep. Um, it's just one of those things, you know. You can do more damage with your tongue than you can with a weapon sometimes. That's what Hebrews says. There you go. All right, we got more when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Bible guys here, a little uh, soul searching going on for everybody today. All right, we're back. And uh, the number one sin, it says in this article, that gets swept under the rug and is common in our culture and within the church is pride. Mm -hmm. As a biblical definition, pride includes ideas of arrogance, cynical insensitivity to the needs of others, and presumption. Pride is both a disposition attitude and a type of conduct. In our modern-day society, pride is pervasive and even praised yeah so i'll let you guys talk about this one so i don't have any of it so if i do then you got problems no sorry go ahead father help us Uh, so having come from a very conservative pentecostal background um, this is the one that i have always complained about um because holiness standards are such a thing right except that holiness standards become a A reason to look down on everyone else who doesn't meet your same holiness standards, right? It's, oh well, um, she cut. Her, can you believe she cut her hair short? Um, wh- why are you Why are you poking at her like that for? Right? Can you believe that her skirt didn't touch her ankles? Seriously, come on. Um, so this is one of those that um, I have grown up watching it. So as a result, it tends to be one that I, I self inspect on a lot. Matter of fact, I do things sometimes intentionally go to the other direction, right? It's like, well, I'm I'm not going to do X Y Z. Um, just because that's what you expect in that situation. Um, I, I tend to be a little, not not as bad as Steve at the far end of the table, but I tend to be a little stubborn sometimes. So you're welcome. You're welcome. So, Thanks, Mr. Pot. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so this is, this is one of those that is – that I pray about often, that I try to self-inspect uh, on often, and the the article is absolutely right. It is just rampant within the church because we have a tendency to think that because we have been called by Christ, that makes us better than mm. those who have not. Hmm. I'll let That's, you That's really good. You know, we could do a whole show yeah. on what you just said. Right. Yeah, yeah, I was I was I was chewing on that one for a second. That's pretty deep. You know, yeah. uh, there was a. A minister in uh, South Africa. His name was uh, Ray McCauley, and uh, he has a, a tremendously uh, large, impactful church. I mean, even government officials go to him for counsel to, to know how to better run the, the country. He's a Billy Graham in it, South Africa, kind of. Yeah. Okay. So he was at a. Uh, he told the story. He was at a convention, and he was about to go up to his back up to his hotel room, and he was standing at the elevator, <clears throat> waiting for it to to open up, and a, a man came stumbling through. Um, out of the bar area, he was obviously completely plastered, and he's trying to, you know, push the button and trying to, you know, and he's standing there trying to get in the elevator, and it, he stepped back and he was looking at the guy and looking at him, kind of like, you know, in a, in a way of being like, really, you know, you're you're that drunk, and he said the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, Ray, the only difference between you and him is me. 
Mm-hmm. Amen. And so, if you, you know, if you can take that into context, the only difference between us mm-hmm. and, and the worst person out there is is Jesus. It's not because of us; it's because of Him. It it should eliminate any issues for pride. I mean, if you have a gifting for music or ministry or teaching or whatever, you didn't get that out. You didn't create that. It's called a gift for a reason. Right, you, right. You, I've said this, and I know you guys have probably said this, but there go I except by the grace of God. Yep. 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 Take you know, heed how you true. stand lest you fall, the Scripture says. Yeah, Proverbs uh, 11, 2. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. And uh, I mentioned that verse today. Of course, I went to the old Keaton James way. Pride cometh before the fall, okay. you know, and and it does. Yeah. The more prideful you get, your fall will be ev- will be huge. God does not take kindly to that. Yeah. And we kind of we kind of promote pride in our society. We, yeah. You know, the more boastful you are, the more braggadocious you are, the more prideful you are. People say, "Man, that's a real." He's a real man. He's a real this. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we, we – well, that's the world, isn't it? We extol vices as opposed to condemning them. Yeah. Well, that's why I always say that of all of my wonderful and great attributes, oh. humility is my greatest attribute. <laughs> and you're not afraid to say it. You're yeah. not afraid to say it. So Okay. Here's the last question. I let, left it to the end. How do you know if a person is possessed by a demon or if they are just corrupt? And can a born-again believer with the Holy Spirit even be possessed? Let's deal with the first, uh, the last part of that, because that's a real easy answer. And if you do have the Holy Spirit, no. You give us five minutes to do this one? Yeah. Now you can take on possession by a demon or they just corrupt. How do you tell the difference? Wow. Um, Or can you? Well, that's the thing. There's a difference between uh, being led by a spirit and being possessed, right? That's something that's not well, – what do you mean what's the difference? Well, you can have a spirit of fear uh, that can come upon you or a spirit of anger or something like that, but it doesn't mean that you have now become demonically possessed. You may be being influenced by something. Um, but I think that we rarely see full demonic possession uh, around in this nation, um, but – to try and nail down which one is different, I don't know. That's not an area that I'm an expert in. Yeah, I think that that. Um, so certainly, I go. That's oh, right. go we're ahead. done. You got you got time. Uh, I, I don't leave. I give you a minute if you need. <laughs> I don't really have time. Yeah, you don't have. Need break. Needs closer to ten minutes. I yeah, promise. Okay. So. Sorry we'll about that. Pick it up next week yeah. and do that. All right, we're done for today. Went good today. I had I brought up that uh, that story. I was pretty good. Yeah, I had yeah. some good yeah. things got, to talk I got about. A, I got a text from a guy named Larry Witherspoon. I know Larry. Yeah, and he wrote the words "gay pride." Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, Gary. Yeah, I know I know that man, and uh, I know him from hummingbirds. No, really, from guns. From guns is where I know I know him from. All right, Billy. Thank you for coming, Scott. It's yes. good to see you back. Thank you, and sir. Steve, good to be back. Thank you for coming. I'll see you guys next week, huh? After Memorial Day. All right, get out and vote. I'll be back at 9 o'clock here on the Dave Ellswick Show.
All right, let's move into the uh, 9 o'clock hour, Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, we we have the uh, a financial show that comes on, and I come on for one more hour after that's over. Uh, I've got those early voting numbers. Finally, they came in from the Secretary of State's office. Uh, early voters this year, 191,020. That's a lot of early voters. 191,020 were the early voting uh, numbers. I'm hearing that the polls are very, very uh, active right now. The uh, Secretary of State will join us here on the show during this hour, uh, hopefully fairly soon. And we'll talk to John Thurston about what's going on across the state. Our sales manager has been out trying to vote, and uh, she's going to join me during this hour to give us her story today as she's been making her way around. I, I'm complete clarity here. I told her several days ago to go vote. <laughs> I did, but she got busy and she forgot. And so now she's out on election day trying to vote, and there's a lot of other people wanting to vote as well. Don't forget our coverage tonight for the election results will begin at 8 o'clock. I'll be here. Alan Kerr will be here. Robert Steinbach will be here. Ken Yang will be joining me uh, from various locations around the uh, Saline County, Pulaski County, um, Faulkner County area. And then I, as well, will allow Wayne Beach to join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So we'll do a couple hours of uh, coverage tonight. By 10 o'clock, we should know who the winners and the losers are. I don't know if if any of the election uh, results are going to be as tight as what we had in Pennsylvania. Understand that the uh, Secretary of State's ready to join us, so let's talk to uh, John Thurston. And, uh, John, thanks for being uh, available to us today. It's a busy day for you. How are things going at the polls around the area? Yes, sir. Good morning. Um, Well, they're open and running, um, and it appears um, we're definitely on track for I would think a record turnout for what would be considered an off-year election, you know, non-presidential. Um, you probably already shared these numbers earlier, but um, er- the early voting numbers was just over 191,000 votes, and that was for, you know, every ballot cast, you know, Republican primary, um, the um, judicial ballot. So here's something that uh, listeners may be interested in. 77% of the early votes were in the Republican primary. Holy cow! Yes. So that is a shock to all of us. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of you know, thoughts going into that, why that happened. But, uh, but yeah, that's... uh, So to say that we have shifted here in Arkansas, uh, it would be an understatement um, to be a Republican state for sure. I mean, twenty-three only twenty-three percent were Democrat uh, votes. That's right. That's what I was told just a few seconds ago. Good grief! We, yes, it is a uh, definitely a shock. But uh, but you know, I mean, when you look at the primaries across the state. Uh, there, it's mostly Republican primaries. I mean, there's very few uh, Democrat primaries, you know, especially at the county and 
uh, local level. And so if you remember back in the day in Arkansas, if you wanted to have a say in the elections, you had to, you know, pick a Democrat ballot. Well, I mean, I guess we've, it, it's flipped. And yeah. now if you want to, uh, you, you have to vote in the Republican primary and a lot of these races, uh, if you want to have a say, because, you know, a lot of these smaller races there, there are no Democrats even running. So um, that's, that could be some of the reasoning. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I think the Republicans are really fired up because of the Biden administration. There's no doubt about that. Uh, That's right. I, I just wonder what this is going to be like come November. I mean, if this is if this is the excitement we're seeing right now at primary time, what's it going to be like when you know people are going to the poll for the big for the big Kahuna, so to speak? <laughs> well, I, it's it's just. It's not a good time to run as a Democrat. I can tell you that. Yeah, uh, you're right. That's for sure. And yeah. so, we'll, yeah, we'll see. You know, that's amazing to me, John, because when I got here my first year, 2000, as a talk host in in uh, in Arkansas, and I've been here now. This year makes 23 years. Uh, we had four members of the of the House, and we had one member of the Senate, <clears throat> and Everybody was a Democrat around here. It just stunned me how many people were Democrats. And now we've done a complete flip. I mean, a total flip. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it does seem radical, but I guess, you know, you remember this, 2010. Yes. Uh, is when, when the shift really started. And, boy, I mean, just this primary season, the percentage that the, 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 the folks who have voted in the Republican primary – yeah, it, it definitely shocked us. I wasn't quite expecting that that number. No, I thought we were going to see about 61, 62%. That's what I thought we would see. To say 77%, that is just that is just an amazing number. It really really is. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's something. So I'm going to be on starting at 8 o'clock tonight. I may give you a call later this evening. You'll be around your phone, won't you? Yes, sir. All right. Well, we'll talk to you then. So it looks like things are going smoothly as we speak. Our, the, the polls are open, and uh, a lot of people are showing up today to vote. That's right. That's right. We It's hard to predict how many will show up today, but it could easily be uh, 170-ish, you know, 1,000 folks show up today. So, uh, But we'll see. It's hard to predict these things. I never would have predicted some of these numbers, so... <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm I'm thinking if you say 170,000 perhaps today, that would put us at pretty close to 300,000 people voting over uh, for the primary. That's 10% of the population. That's right. That's right. Amazing. So that's that's what it appears. So we we shall see. All right. Thank you, John. Appreciate you, brother. You have a great day. Yes, sir. All right. All right. That, of course, uh, uh, John Thurston, the Secretary of State. Let me repeat what he just told us. All right. Early voting numbers, 191,020. That was the early voting. That's everybody. Democrats, independents, Republicans, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. However, when you break it down, this is just incredible to me. 77% of the voters today or not today, of uh, the early voters were Republican. Wow. 
I mean, wow. Uh, 23% would just say other. That would be Democrats and and, and what, else, what not. And, uh, I mean, he, understatement from the Secretary of State that it's not a good time to be a Democrat in uh, in Arkansas. And um, I think we would all agree with, with that when you hear those types of uh, numbers going going down. Do your voting now. I'm going to warn you, the rain is going to pick up as the day goes on. We're going to get a lot of rain before uh, this system clears out of the area. So if you don't want to have to be standing outside in the rain in the line or whatever, then uh, my suggestion is to get out there and get out there now. So I'm waiting for uh, for our uh, sales manager who's coming in. And when she gets here, she's going to come into the studio and we're going to talk to her about uh, her odyssey to vote today. And we'll uh, see how things went for her. But right now, let's get a break. I got uh, a piece of audio from Family Council I want to pay for you, uh, play for you. Earlier today, if you heard the Bible, guys, we talked about some problems facing the church today. And this piece of audio I'm going to play goes along with what we said in the uh, 7 o'clock hour. But that's all coming your way as we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show, the last hour for today. At 9 o'clock here on 1011 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Glad you could be along with this 19 minutes after 9. And, uh, we're going to go see if uh, our sales manager has gotten in yet. And if she has, we'll have her join us. While we wait for that, uh, I got something in from uh, the folks over at the Family Council. And this dealing with scratch-off tickets, uh, the lottery. Over the years, uh, they'd written uh, time and time again about expensive scratch-off tickets at the Arkansas Lottery, tickets that sell for 10 or $20 apiece instead of the dollar or $2 ticket that's out there. Scratch-off lottery tickets are controversial because they're associated with problem gambling and gambling addiction. In the past, researchers have compared scratch-off tickets to paper slot machines. A 2018 study published in the Journal of Behavioral Addictions found a link between how often a person played scratch-off tickets and the severity of a person's gambling problem. High-dollar scratch-off tickets are even more controversial because the combination of long odds and big jackpots may encourage people to buy them out of desperation. For example, in November of 2021, the Arkansas Lottery rolled out its $1 million richest scratch-off ticket. The ticket sells for $20. The odds of winning the top prize of $1 million are approximately 1 in 800,000. Scratch-off tickets like this one offer big payouts to people who may be living on very little money. That means they're likely to entice people to play the lottery out of desperation in hopes of hitting it big. Statistically speaking, a person who spends $20 on one of these uh, scratch-off tickets has a two-thirds chance of losing. Right now, the Arkansas Lottery sells several varieties of scratch-off tickets for $10 and $20 each. The vast majority of the money the Arkansas Lottery makes from scratch-off tickets pays for prizes for a handful of lottery players. Very little goes to Arkansas students. 
as long as the Arkansas lottery continues to operate this way, it will keep preying on the poor and desperate, and the lottery scholarship funding will remain low. So that's the latest from Family Council about that. Well, look who's here. <laughs> we got Lynn Dyer in here, sales manager here at uh, uh, the Salem Media Stations. Uh, the the answer, of course, the fish. Uh, rejoice and uh, our teaching and preaching station as well and uh, she went out she didn't she didn't do what dave told her to do earlier which was go to the polls early so you wouldn't get caught in the crowds and you got caught today in the crowds didn't you somewhat okay there was problems but they were having some problems as well yes a okay. lot was it was it reading your driver's license or what no, everybody got a new card, and it told you where to vote. Some, A lot of people had to vote different places. Okay. So I got a new card, and then I lost it, and I couldn't find it. So um, I went to my old place. Nobody was there. So I went to another voting place and to find out where I was supposed to vote. Right. They had no clue. And the process was very slow. So they made a call, and I was told I had to go down the street to another place. Right. So that's what I did. I get there. They had to make a call again, too. Oh, man. And so we made the call, and uh, they said, okay, you've got to go back to, because I moved, you've got to go back to close to your house and vote and i'm like are you sure are you sure i'm going to get to vote <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> I'm, yeah i'm with you okay i understand why you're asking and so they're they you know they said yes so i go down there no problem walked in able to vote and got it done okay but i i worry because i feel like the volunteers they're doing the best they can and but they, I feel like there's a lack of training there Okay. with what they need to do. And I, 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 I ask everybody to go and vote today. If you don't like what's happening or don't like um, things that are happening, then go and vote. Make your vote count today. And um, Did you hear the early voting numbers? I gave them out for early voting. I didn't. 191,020. You want to hear the, the big, big story off of that? Sure. So we just had John Thurston on. 77% of that was Republican. Yes. 77%. That's huge. I will say most of the people that were there, because, you know, they ask you, you know, if you're voting yes, Democrat what, what or what ballot you want, right? The majority of them were Republicans. They were asking for. They may not have been Republicans. They just asked for a Republican ballot. Yes. Okay. They did. Interesting. Very, very interesting indeed. I'll let you get back to work. Thank you. I know you. you only wanted to be. She doesn't. She's not an on-air person. All right. She no. wants to be behind. Okay. So I'll let you go. All right. All have right. a good Thanks day. Thanks so much, uh-huh. man. Okay. Mm-hmm. So keep in mind. With uh, here in Pulaski County, you might have some problems if you got a new voting area you got to go to to get the information uh, that you need to be able to cast your ballot. But again, the, the big story right now uh, that we're getting is that uh, early voting 191,020 and 77% of those voters were Republicans or wanted a Republican ballot. 
Uh, only 23% asked for a Democratic ballot or the Democrat ballot. So, wow, that is incredible to me. I mean, I, I've i seen a big, 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 big change since uh, I got here, just to be honest with you. So this is, uh, this is exciting for me. And uh, John Thurston, the Secretary of State, said probably somewhere between, I guess, another 170, 190,000 people probably going to the polls, which would bring us up close to the 300,000 uh, mark or maybe a little bit over that, which is about 10 percent of the population. I don't know how many registered voters exactly uh, we have in Arkansas. I probably should have asked the uh, Secretary of State. I'll get around to that tonight when we do our, our coverage. We'll ask him that question, and and uh, then we'll find out you know what the percentage of uh, voters that are registered went to the polls, because that's always a big question for me uh, as well. How many people are taking this seriously enough that they go to the polls to cast a ballot? All right, I gave you the rundown of the, what the Family Council gave us about uh, the whole thing dealing with the lottery. Uh, do I have enough time to play that, that uh, piece? Okay, Barna Research did a thing about uh, churches and family council sent this to me we talked about this some um, in the seven o'clock hour and how the church is affecting the culture well when you wonder why it might not be affecting it as much as it should listen to this this is news from family council if you're wondering what's wrong with America's churches, a poll by George Barna of Arizona Christian University might be your answer. And it's why many are calling for a spiritual awakening in America's pulpits. The nationwide study of about 1,000 Christian pastors found that just slightly more than a third hold a biblical worldview. The majority, 62%, possess a hybrid worldview known as syncretism. The research included 54 worldview-related questions, and it found that only 47% of pastors have a biblical worldview regarding family and value of life. 40 4% concerning issues related to God, creation, and history. 43% in relation to personal faith practices. 43% when it comes to matters of sin, salvation, and one's relationship with God. 40% pertaining to human character and human nature. And 40% when it comes to measures of lifestyle, personal behavior, and relationships. Family Council, promoting, protecting, and strengthening traditional family values in Arkansas. Visit us online at familycouncil.org. Wow. Those are huge numbers. I mean, really, only one-third of the people who are in pulpits in America hold a biblical world view? Well, no wonder the, the church isn't having any effect on culture. It is culture. That, that's not, I'm just telling you, that's just not good. Not good at all. And it's very, very, very uh, concerning to say uh, to say the least as far as is as i'm concerned at least and it really does concern me but uh just something to keep in mind i'm watching my time because i'm getting to that point where i don't want to start on something new because i don't have the time to carry it out because we got 30 seconds till we get to the news so let's get to that let me just do a little house cleaning with you uh join us at eight o'clock tonight uh, at that time, myself, uh, Ad, Ad, uh, Alan Kerr, uh, of course, Robert Steinbach, uh, we'll be hearing from Ken Yang and uh, Wayne Beach and others, uh, and we'll start our election coverage. We'll go to 10 o'clock. We should have most of the results in uh, for the races by that time. 
and uh, can tell you who the winners and who the losers are. But right now, let's catch up with what's happening in the news. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick here on uh, 1011 FM, The Answer. Good to have you with us. Don't forget, election coverage begins tonight, 8 o'clock. I'll be here, Alan Kerr. We'll be hearing from Ken Yang, Robert Steinbach, and a lot of other people, Wayne Beach. Uh, I'll be joining us here on uh, the coverage. We should have all of those numbers that you want to hear about no later than 10 o'clock. I think probably uh, before then, uh, hopefully. Uh, Just got to hope that they get the numbers in fairly quickly into the Secretary of State's office. We'll hear from John Thurston uh, during election coverage tonight. You'll hear from a lot of uh, politicals as well, winners and losers, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. There's uh, a few races that we're watching fairly closely so that we can get those uh, get that information to you, talk to the people uh, that win, the people that lose, and things of that nature. Um, I've uh, put in a call into the, the Senate race and got several of the people's numbers so that we can talk to them. Uh, I've got the number for... Of course, uh, uh, Congressman Hill and for uh, Colonel Conrad Reynolds, that'll be a race in in District 2 that we will keep a a close eye on. Uh, There's a lot of people who feel that's going to be very, very close. So if it is, uh, we'll be here to talk about it uh, during uh, the 8 to 10 o'clock hours here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. And, of course, right here on uh, Facebook on the Dave Ellswick Show on your Facebook page. So keep that in mind. Got a story. This one, if you're an insurance salesman for State Farm, take notice. All right, because this is going to come up and be brought to your attention, I'm sure. And uh, you might want to be starting to make some phone calls to the national office and saying, what are you doing? You know, we've been talking about this whole woke stuff that companies join into, you know, wanting to be woke. uh, And um, the joke we have is go woke, go broke, which is really not all that far off because you look at Netflix and how they've turned away from uh, being a woke company and telling the woke folk uh, here just recently in a memo that, look, if you don't like the, the content of some of the shows that we show here on Netflix, you might want to seek employment elsewhere. Uh, the folks at Disney have become suddenly very quiet and not saying things. Uh, they're, they're not out there screaming about uh, the abortion issue right now like they did on the vote that went down in Florida. Uh, that cost them about $64 billion as a company. That's what they're figuring. And there's a lot of other companies that are having problems, too. Well, this is from the National Review. State Farm, the household name insurance company, has launched a program that would enlist hundreds of staff volunteers across the country to distribute LGBTQ-themed books to teachers, community centers, and libraries explicitly targeting children as young as kindergartners. The project's goal is to increase representation of LGBTQ books and uh, support uh, out communities and having challenging, important, and empowering conversations with children ages 5+. That email is from Jose Soto, State Farm's Corporate Responsibility Analyst. It was sent out to all Florida agents, uh, in fact, 
Nationwide, approximately 550 state farm agents and employees will have the opportunity to donate this three-book bundle to their local teacher, community center, or library of their choice. The email added that, confirming that the effort will extend beyond just Florida. That's from the National Review. The Washington Examiner reporting the promotion of the project in Florida is notable because Governor Ron DeSantis recently signed into law uh, the uh, Parental Rights and Education Bill prohibit, uh, prohibiting classroom instruction of gender identity and sexual orientation through third grade. In a Zoom call with reporters, Consumers Research Executive Director Will Hild noted that the materials promoted by State Farm and produced by the Gender, gender Cool Project. Let me quote that. The name of the company is Gender Cool, C-O-O-L, project could be barred from use in public schools once that new law takes effect in July. My warning to the folks at State Farm, this is not a good move. This is not a good move. I mean, when you look at how it breaks out, it's about uh, 60-40 people who uh, buy into what DeSantis and the Florida uh, uh, representation of their of uh, their uh, legislation and, and their uh, legislators uh, have done. About 60% of the population liking what has been done. So I think that this is going to come back and bite uh, State Farm in the butt. And if you are an agent and you're a State Farm agent, um, ser- I'm being serious here. I would call the company and say, what are you doing? All right, what are you doing? If you got State Farm stock, I'd be calling them and asking them the exact same question. This is this is some place that they don't want to go uh, fording. I'm just telling you, uh, they may find that they they step into a stream that doesn't have a bottom, and if they got uh, waders on, they're going to fill up with water. They're going to drown on this one. So not a good thing to do. Starbucks is closing all their stores in Russia. It marks the most recent major business to leave the country. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. According to CNBC, after 15 years operating in Russia, Starbucks will exit the market, joining companies like McDonald's, ExxonMobil, and British American Tobacco, and withdrawing from the country completely. Uh, McDonald's is selling their uh, their businesses. Uh, the coffee giant announced uh, on Monday that it will no longer have a brand presence in Russia. Starbucks has 130 locations in, in the country, which counts for less than 1% of the company's annual revenue. So better to lose that revenue than start losing customers in the United States, basically, I think is what they're doing here. Uh, all are licensed locations, so the Seattle-based company itself doesn't operate any of them. The Daily Wire also reporting the company also previously announced its support of the Ukrainian people through its Starbucks Foundation. The foundation has contributed a half a million dollars to World Central Kitchen and the Red Cross for humanitarian relief uh, efforts for the Ukraine. That according to the company's March statement. So that's another thing that you got, uh, you know, to consider i mean um a lot of people who buy stocks now want you to be quote a good corporate 
citizen as well, which means that, you know, you probably want to get out of Russia because Putin and Russia are looked at as, uh, you know, major pariahs in the, in the world today uh, in what they are doing. Now, next story I got for you is one that I found really interesting. Daily Caller reporting this. The data from the American Enterprise Institute's Return to Learn Tracker found that 1,268,000 students had left public school since the start of the pandemic in March of 2020. After school closures during the spring of 2020, uh, enrollment fell by 2.5% in the fall semester of that year. In the fall of 2021, schools that returned to in-person learning saw some recovery in enrollment numbers, while those that adopted virtual learning methods suffered. The Daily Wire reporting, there was very little public school attrition in states that did not lock down schools. In Florida, for example, public school enrollment has stayed strong despite considerable gains in homeschooling in that state, which suggests that new students are filling the spaces of those who left. But, again, homeschooling is uh, exploding in Florida uh, now, now that they passed a lot of the new laws that they have about education in Florida, which uh, is not a bad thing. I think as long as you get yourself a good education, that's what uh, what counts, it, whether uh, it's in a public school, a private school, or in a home school. That's all uh, in there, of course. Now, if I had children today of my own, I probably would get them uh, into a private school. And even at that point, I would be looking very, very carefully at what the private school is uh, is teaching. All right, when we get back, I got more for you. I got a story out of, I think it's Washington State, and a woman who's running uh, for a congressional seat as a socialist that I just got to bring to you. And her her idea for taking care of homelessness, uh, people who are out on the street, we'll talk about that as we return. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, a quarter to ten. If you haven't heard, uh, early voting numbers, 191,020, 77%. Of those people asked for a Republican ballot. This is so keep that in mind. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. And I'm trying to find the story again uh, that occurred, that I I had. I I tried to, uh, let's see where we got it at. Well, let me just say, there's a a, uh, congressional uh, a lady who's running for Congress up in, I think, it's the state of uh, of uh, Washington, that is t- is running on a campaign of for homeless people. There's homeless people out there that uh, if there are empty houses, that homeless people should be able to break into them and take them. So that they can uh, they can you know uh, live in those houses. So you you got these vacant homes, and uh, that are out there maybe haven't sold or whatever, and they're saying that it's all right to break in and take them over. It's just this this is a socialist kind of thing. In other words, if you can't afford one, go out and take it. 
I'm surprised that they haven't said, well, if you know somebody who has a house, just go ahead and, and take the house, uh, you know, away from them or move in with them. Tell them you're moving in with them. And I'm looking now, I'm looking for the story, and I didn't realize this, but there is there are countless stories since January of uh, this year. In fact, since January 2020, out on the left coast, in California, in Oregon, and in Washington State, where they think this is okay. So, in other words, if if you're out there, you know, busting your butt, and uh, you're trying to, you know, buy a house or whatever, and uh, the house that you're trying to buy has been empty for a while, uh, that it's okay, according to these folks that are running on this kind of a ticket, for people who are homeless to just take the house and live in it. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Nobody uh, should even uh, even try uh, to, to, say, to stop them. That, that this is just something that has to just ha- needs to happen, and and you know what they're calling them now they have they have names for homeless people that are taking uh, you know empty homes uh, for their own, not buying them or anything. Like that. They're just moving in. They call they've they've got this name now. It's called reclaimers. That that's that's what they're what they're calling them reclaimers. Uh, National Public Radio reported on it last year. Robin uh, Revich tells the story for the indicator from Planet Money of homeless and housing insecure people. What is a housing insecure person? That's like a hungry, you know, a food insecure person. When you went in and really looked at it, that was anybody uh, that uh, wondered where they're going to have a meal in the course of a month. I can tell you when I was a lot younger than I was housed, I was I was food insecure a lot of times. It's amazing what I was that I didn't know I was. Uh, these are people who break into empty government-owned homes in Los Angeles and occupied them. Now, these are government-owned homes. Now, I don't know what they mean exactly by that. We'd have to do a little digging. Does that mean that... You know, the uh, you got a government loan, a Freddie Mac or something like that, since that, that's where your loan's coming. Is that government-owned or whatever? Uh, in March of last year, a group called the Reclaimers uh, broke into empty homes in Los Angeles and occupied them. The houses were owned by California's transportation agency, which they had gone in and bought them to make way for a freeway extension. But uh, some folks never built uh, the ex- uh, the extension, and some of the homes have been empty for decades. Remarkably, the state let reclaimers stay. Others who were inspired by the reclaimers haven't been so lucky, and and rightly so. Just because some somebody's not living in that house doesn't mean that people can just move into it and uh, quote reclaim it uh, for their own. And just let you know that there's that kind of thought out there. And, in fact, now there are uh, people, uh, candidates, that are running on this as part of uh, their platform. That people that are homeless should be able to reclaim, uh, you know, a home that's out there. It's empty. No matter why it's empty. And it's not just those that are owned by uh, the government either as far as that's concerned. Uh, it can be a uh, 
an owned home by somebody had it. It's now empty because they've moved. They've gone to another house, and they're trying to sell it. And what are they going to do? They're going to turn around and and try to reclaim it. And that that is ama- that is in and of itself amazing to me that we even talk about this kind of stuff in this country now. Think about that. I'm looking over. I'm seeing uh, folks from the cafe. You guys want to come over here for a minute? Come on over and join me. Yeah, yeah, you. You. Yeah, you. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. We're going to have, if you've never heard the, um, their show, you should. You should come sit in front of the mic. Join me here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I mean, your show sounds a whole lot like my show at times. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah sometimes it does that, doesn't it? Tell everybody who you are. Oh, I'm, I'm Joe Manning, pastor of Bethel Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Arkansas. Okay, and you, you have a show that uh, airs on what, uh, is it our teaching? Our Tuesday meeting? nights okay. from 7 to 7.30. Okay. Yep. And Apologetic Cafe. Apologetic Cafe, and uh, apologetics being not that they're sorry about anything, but that they're defending the faith. Yeah, originally I went into apologetics because I thought that would be the easiest route for me since I've been married 40 years, and I've learned a lot about apologizing during that time. Well, let me tell you what we were talking about just now. Have you heard this new thing called Reclaimers? Yeah, I, I've heard just a little bit about it, yes. Okay, well, here's, here's, there's a lady running on this, on this platform at, for Congress in Washington State. And what it is, is if you're homeless or if you're, quote, housing insecure, mm-hmm. okay, whatever that, whatever that definition is, because I can tell you food insecurity is if you go without, if you worry that you might not have a meal over a period of, of four weeks. Right, right. You're, 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 you're food insecure. So I, I was food insecure most of my life, to be yeah. honest with you. But, uh, uh, I, I, it doesn't look like that now for yeah, me. Yeah, I, I the same thing with me. <laughs> but the, the bottom line is they're saying that – if there's a house and it's not occupied, that homeless people should be able to just move into it. Wow. I, 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 I'd not heard that part Reclaimers. That's what Reclaimers. They're so they're Reclaimers. reclaiming empty homes. Yeah. And it doesn't matter why the home's empty. I mean, Could it be on your own vacation and you're going to be gone for a month? I mean, That's not been talked about. I haven't heard it. But I'm, I'm just saying maybe you sold that house. Maybe you've already moved in somewhere else and you got the house up for sale. If it's empty, somebody should be able to just go in there and live in it. That that that, that doesn't sound like. Uh, it, well, I, I believe it for California. I mean, I believe it for them, but yeah, Washington State. I mean, well, well. I'm just telling you, there's a lady running for Congress, and she's saying that that's the that's the way it should be nationally. Well, you know that that might be that might not be a bad idea if it went nationally because then all, most of us could just quit our jobs and we could wait until we found a vacant oh, house and then just move right on in. Now I can I look I I know him when he's being sarcastic. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding with that. Who's but, your buddy here? Uh, th- this is Mel Smith. He, he's he's my right hand man. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, Mel, and he's good what, to have you in here. That's what, not one of the deacons. Good. One of the deacons at the church and that and uh, and that he comes and helps me with the radio broadcast. You know. Like I said, I'd love to get more pastors involved, but uh, can't get them to come join us on a radio broadcast. Okay, Mel, put 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 the headsets on. Do you got that uh, that piece of audio I played earlier today about the, the church? If people wonder why the church is not having enough effect in our culture, listen to this. This is news from Family Council. 
If you're wondering what's wrong with America's churches, a poll by George Barna of Arizona Christian University might be your answer. And it's why many are calling for a spiritual awakening in America's pulpits. The nationwide study of about 1,000 Christian pastors found that just slightly more than a third hold a biblical worldview. The majority, 62%, possess a hybrid worldview known as syncretism. The research included 54 worldview-related questions, and it found that only 47% of pastors have a biblical worldview regarding family and value of life. 44% concerning issues related to God, creation, and history. 43% in relation to personal faith practices. 43% when it comes to matters of sin, salvation, and one's relationship with God. 40% pertaining to human character and human nature. And 40% when it comes to measures of lifestyle, personal behavior, and relationships. Family Council. Promoting, protecting, and strengthening traditional family values wow. in Arkansas. Visit us online. That really is that really is a wow. But you know, Barna did, did a survey where only six percent of evangelical Christians hold a biblical worldview, uh, and, and that's sad. That is very sad today. Well, it's sad not only for those people. But for the church, because what are we teaching? Well, well, see, that's it. We're not really teaching the gospel anymore. I got to have you back on my show. All right, I'd love to be back on your show. We'll bring you back on. All right, we will do that. We'll have you join us on the Bible guys. How's that? Hey, that's great. I'd love to have that. All right, we take a break. We'll get more Dave Ellswick show at eight o'clock tonight. I'll be back to talk about. What happened at the polls today? Remember, early voting, 191,020 voted early. 77% of them were asking for Republican ballots. Huge. That's huge. I'll see you tonight, 8 o'clock.